just want to read what um, Karen read out. There is a cloud beginning to swell. The sky is getting ready. The word is roaring as thunder. The sky is heavy in blessing. Wow. There's blessing here this morning. God's presence is here. Wow. When we, um, we were up in the prayer meeting earlier, and uh, I just want to encourage you, get down here for nine o'clock if you can. Because <laughs> we had an incredible time. I just found myself at one point on my knees, weeping in the presence of God. It was just amazing, and, and that's continued down here um, in our time this morning. I want to start um, with exactly the same question I asked you the last time I preached, if any of you can remember that. Um, what are you waiting for? Just take a moment. What are you waiting for? Um, last time, that, it was all in the context of, uh, of waiting being rather inconvenient and um, I went away and I thought some more about it and I prayed some more about it and uh, I thought about this waiting thing because I don't like waiting. I'm not very good at waiting. And, uh, you know, but I believe that we're all waiting for something and I believe that actually we are called to be a people who wait. You know, the Psalms are full of examples. Psalm 5, verse 3. In the morning, Lord, you hear my voice. In the morning, I lay my requests before you and wait expectantly. Psalm 33, verse 20. We wait in hope for the Lord. He is our help and our shield. Psalm 130, verse 5. I wait for the Lord. My whole being waits. And in his word, I put my hope. So what do we wait for? I guess, uh, you know... I mentioned some things we wait for the other day, Sunday dinners sometimes. Sometimes we're waiting for a breakthrough. Sometimes we're waiting for healing. Sometimes we're waiting for um, something to come along. Sometimes we're waiting for people. But I want to suggest this morning that our waiting should all be for him. Isaiah 40, uh, if you want to turn there, in the ESV, I'm going to be in for this bit because it worked. Bible Gateway is brilliant. <laughs> it says have you not known have you not heard the Lord is the everlasting God the creator of the ends of the earth sorry did I say verse 28 Isaiah 40 verse 28 have you not known have you not heard the Lord is the everlasting God the creator of the ends of the earth he does not faint or grow weary his understanding is unsearchable. He gives power to the faint and to him who has no might, he increases strength. Even youths shall faint and be weary and young men shall fall exhausted. But they who wait for the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not be faint. You know, strength comes from waiting. We don't wait for strength, though. We wait for the Lord. 
You know, this is how creation waits. Romans 8, verse 19 says, For the creation waits in eager expectation for the children of God to be revealed. It's not waiting for the children of God to reveal themselves. You know, we don't have to strive to reveal ourselves to creation. But creation is waiting for God to reveal his children. And that happens as we become more like him. As he transforms us, he reveals more of himself in us and therefore reveals who we really are. And that happens as we allow space for God in our lives. Now, I want to say I'm not belittling, it doesn't belittle circumstances or situations, but it moves the focus from what is in front of us to the one who is all around us. The one who is higher than all others. Yeah, Ruth and I, over the past uh, few months, have shared some of our journey, and I'm not going to go into it all right now. But, um, you know, we kept being told to hang on to a promise. We kept being told that, you know, just hold on to the promises of God. Hold on. And, you know, that's good and right. We need to hang on to the things God said. But the thing was, everything became about that. Every meeting we went to, every prophetic word that was brought, every argument we had became about the thing we were waiting for. We spent so much time waiting for our breakthrough that our vision was clouded. And For me, though, I believe a large part of the change in our lives happened when I moved my focus away from my circumstances onto the one who reigned victorious over my circumstances. When I started waiting for him rather than what he could do for me. That's when transformation occurred. So the word for wait in Isaiah 40 is translated, this is where Bible Gateway is brilliant and uh, various other tools. The word for wait in Isaiah 40 is translated by the NIV as hope and by the NLT as trust. It's also translated as expect. So wait, hope, trust, and expect. Our waiting brings with it a guarantee of hope in which we can trust. It's not a hopeless waiting. You know, it pains me to say this, but uh, a reasonably good example of this, Peter will like this one, is Manchester City. <laughs> now, at the moment, I'm a Man United fan, so this is really painful, you need to know. Um, You know, at the moment, they're pretty much guaranteed to win the Premiership. For those of you who aren't football fans, they need to win one game over the next seven, I think it is, to be guaranteed. And in fact, if Manchester United lose, which they're not going to, but if Manchester United lose today, I'm going to regret that. Um, <laughs> if Manchester United lose, then, uh, then they win it without doing anything. They're almost guaranteed... So all the fans, their hope is in something that's pretty much guaranteed. Unlike Liverpool fans, who've been waiting to win the Premiership since 1992 and still haven't managed it. They did still be said. Started a fight now. You know, waiting is not a passive thing. We're not standing around on the terraces, though, seeing what's going to happen. But we're actively hoping, we're actively trusting. There is guarantee in our waiting. We are called to actively wait. The problem with passively waiting 
just standing around is it leads to negativity and disbelief. It leads to a feeling of forgotten, a feeling of being left out, a feeling of it's not going to happen to me. It leads to questions. What could I have done differently? Why them? Why not me? To quote Isaiah, active waiting renews strength, causes you to soar and causes you to run. It causes you to see the king for all he is and therefore see all you can be. God's call to us is not to be passive, but to pursue him in the waiting. Like a child waiting for Christmas or their birthday. I'm sure those of you that have had or have small children will know what that's like. They pursue their parents, constantly asking how many sleeps, or in the case of my child, working it out the day after their birthday, when the next one is. They plan parties, they write present lists, they go to bed the night before with great expectation. They actively run after the thing they're waiting for. But here's the problem with this example. Children rarely stop to hear the full answer. Active waiting involves coming before the Father, laying ourselves before him, engaging with him, and then seeing what he has to say. It involves walking with him daily, speaking to him, but then listening. It involves laying things, laying time down before him. I discovered uh, recently, I had a bit of revelation recently, that one of the times I hear God the most is, is when I'm having a shower. Now, I worked out, I was like, why is this God? Why, why there? And God said, it's because there's no distractions. I don't take my phone into the shower because it's expensive and I don't want to damage it. You know, I, go in, I go and I have a wash and I put everything, everything else is gone. All the noise is gone. My phone's gone. My laptop's gone. Sometimes we need to lay aside all our distractions and just wait for him. You know, active waiting involves not just reading the word, which is amazing, but allowing time for it to become embedded in you. You know, if you've got a, I want to encourage you, if you're doing a Bible reading plan or something like that, then that's great. Get the word into you, get it stuck into you. But spend time waiting to find out what he wants to say to you. And don't just rely on the person that wrote the notes to tell you what God's saying to you. Wait on God. Wait for him to reveal things to you. You know, I want to suggest that waiting is part of the rhythm of the soul that Trevor was talking about last week. It's something we can take specific time to do, but also something that becomes a part of who we are. So we are called to wait, and we're called to wait in his presence. Luke 2, verse 25. Uh, This is from the NIV. Now there's a man in Jerusalem called Simeon who was righteous and devout. He was waiting for the consolation of Israel, and the Holy Spirit was on him. It had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not die before he had seen the Lord's Messiah. Moved by the Spirit, he went into the temple courts. When the parents brought in the child, Jesus, Jesus, to do for him what the custom of the law required, Simeon took him in his arms and praised God. And if you read on a bit as well, there was a, a prophetess called Anna who was also 
there and had been waiting in the presence of God, and waiting in the presence and saw the Messiah. You know, here we find two people who knew the promises of God on their lives. God had told Simeon that he would, he would see the Messiah. But their waiting wasn't in the courts. It was in the Holy Spirit. You know, I've heard that story several times, and I just, I've always heard it as Simeon stood there in the courts just waiting every day. When's it going to happen? When's it going to happen? And then Jesus comes in. Oh, there it is. But it doesn't say that, does it? It says, um, moved by the Spirit, he went into the temple courts. In his waiting is the Holy Spirit that prompts Simeon to go into the temple courts. In our waiting, it will be the Holy Spirit. And it is the Holy Spirit that will prompt us. That's what happened this morning. We waited... And then the Holy Spirit brought that word to Matt. And bam. Suddenly, we're praying for people. Suddenly, we're praying for breakthrough and release in people's lives. But it came because we waited, I believe. It's his Holy Spirit that will prompt us. Prompt us to pray. Prompt us to step out. Prompt us to speak to that neighbor. But to do that, we need to wait in his presence. You know, when we talk about waiting on God, it doesn't deny that he is omnipresent. You know, John's been talking about this morning. What was the phrase? He's closer than you think he is. You know, it doesn't deny that he's closer than you think. He is all around us. He is everywhere and he is in everything. But waiting on God is a setting aside of our agenda to see what he wants to do and where he wants to do it. When you wait for someone, you put yourself on their agenda. You know, if, if, someone, if you're waiting for someone and they're late, you're late. <laughs> you know, I, I sometimes get lists with people and I, I stand there and I'm like, looking at my watch, where are they? Suddenly I'm on their time. I'm not on my time. It's a setting aside of our agenda onto his agenda. And this morning you may feel like you've been waiting in the wilderness. But his presence is there. You know, the Israelites were in the wilderness for 40 days, uh, 40, 40 years, sorry. But they carried the presence with them. Jesus went into the wilderness. It says in Mark 1, verse 12, once the Spirit sent him out into the wilderness, and he was in the wilderness for 40 days, being tempted by Satan. And then it says, he was with the wild animals, and angels attended him. When Jesus was in the wilderness, the angels attended him. He was in the presence, even though he was in the wilderness. If you feel like you're in the wilderness this morning, you can still be in his presence. His presence is still there. His angels still attend to you. Wait with him, wait for him. You know, in fact, the only time we read where Jesus says he feels disconnected from his father is when he's on the cross and he cries out. But he did that. So that you and I didn't have to. He died on that cross. He took everything. He disconnected himself from heaven so that we didn't have to. Therefore, there's a guarantee for you and I this morning that when you wait, he will presence himself. As you wait on him today, know that he is present with you already. Sometimes 
We just need to stop talking and wait on him. And we are called to wait together. Acts 1 verse 4. This is just after, just before Jesus goes to heaven. He said, it says, on one occasion, while he was eating with them, he gave them this command. Do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift my father promised, which you had heard me speak about. For John baptized with water, but in a few days you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. And then a few days later, Acts 2 When the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. Yeah, I don't know. Have you? I don't know if you've ever been delayed on a journey. Um, I travel a lot, and I've been delayed a lot. Um, And my testimony is, it's so much better to be delayed when you're with people than when you're on your own. You know, we uh, a few years ago we were on holiday and um, we got to the airport to fly home and found out that our flight had been cancelled, um, which isn't ideal. And uh, we uh, we got bussed off to a hotel and that sort of thing and, and told that we'd fly the next day. Um, but after we got through the initial, oh, this is a pain and we need to ring places of work and sort a few things out. Um, we woke up in the morning and, and we went for a nice walk, the three of us. Um, we had a nice coffee by the seaside. You know, there are experiences and places that you go when you wait with people that you won't get to on your own. I guarantee if that was me, I'd have sat in my room and watched Netflix. Or I'd have sat doing some work. When I'm delayed, I just put my headphones in and shut out everything else. But because I was with Ruth and Phoebe, we went out and we got some fresh air and we did things. You know, as we wait together, we are strengthened together, we are encouraged together, and we are commissioned together. I want to encourage us to get used to waiting together. I'm thrilled at what's been happening today because I just want to see more of it, more of his presence. Sometimes I believe we are too quick to rush on and too eager to fill a gap. Yeah, I believe there is a risk that we miss out on the depths of revelation that God has for us as a church because we don't wait long enough. Now please hear me, I'm not saying don't bring contributions or that sort of thing. But when we wait, there's a weight to the word that comes when we wait together. We need to be prepared for silence. What do you do when the music fades? There's a song about that. Do you switch off or do you pursue him deeper? I read this quote. This is from Amanda Cook, who is one of the uh, Bethel worship leaders. It says, silence is not the absence of something. Silence can be filled with his presence. Silence is filled with the infinite possibility that anything can happen. When God created the world, it wasn't out of boredom or a need to fill the silence. In the beginning, the silence was pregnant with possibility. Take a moment to be still in his presence today and feel the possibility that comes when you make room for hope. Take a moment to be still in his presence and feel the possibility that comes when you make room for hope.
Yeah, the only problem with um, the holiday delay that I was talking about, the only problem with the enjoyment of that was that due to lack of organisation, we had to keep checking, keep checking a tiny notice board at reception to find out the info so that we didn't miss our rearranged flight back. But this isn't what happens in the kingdom when we're waiting. When we wait, we expect God to move. We can expect, we have hope, we trust in him. Waiting in God doesn't remove the suddenly. When we wait, there's an opportunity for the suddenly. The next verse, Acts 2 verse 2, starts with suddenly a sound. They waited and then suddenly a sound. At at Pentecost, the Holy Spirit broke out as a result of them waiting. If we actively wait, I believe the Holy Spirit will break out in new ways in our gatherings. It will break out in new ways in our streets and in our family. You know, we've just gone through Easter and we always think of Friday and we always think of um, Sunday. Friday, the day of death and destruction and pain. Sunday, the day of resurrection and life. But there's a day in the middle. There's a day too. The waiting day. The day of silence. The day of not sure what's happened, but my saviour said this. My saviour said he was victorious. My saviour said he reigns over all. My saviour said he's going to change the world. I don't know what's going on. I don't understand it, but I'm going to wait for you, God. Not knowing what's happening, but there is hope. Because what happens on day three? The suddenly comes. Life comes. You know, waiting... I believe waiting, if we learn to wait in his presence, then waiting brings life. So we're going to wait together this morning. And I want to encourage you, don't switch. I don't know how this is going to work or what it's going to look like. That's not for me, that's for him. But we're going to spend some time waiting. Marcus and the guys are going to come up and they might sing a song, they might not sing a song. But I just want to encourage you, engage with the Holy Spirit this morning. I believe there's a weight to his presence this morning. I believe there's some breakthroughs to come this morning in people's lives. There's transformation to come in people's lives, but it will come as a result of waiting on him, not waiting for the breakthrough. He wants to transform you into his likeness this morning and forever. Amen.